listening to Spitball with Andrew Ballhawk Mellows and Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson. Hello and welcome to episode 49 of Spitball. I'm your host, Adri Ballhawk Mallows, and joining me for this special international series version of Spitball is my regular co-host, the one, the only, the master of innuendo, the man who keeps me chuckling all day long, Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson. How are you, sir? <laughs> they get more fabulous, these entrances, every week. I love it. <laughs> yeah, maybe soon, maybe soon, we may be able to sweet talk some people into giving you your own intro music. So we'll have to work on that and see what happens. What do you reckon? Mm, I like the sound of that. Yeah, okay, well, we'll see what happens. Watch this space, buddy. We'll see what can happen. <laughs> Excellent. As I say, this weekend has been a fantastic weekend for us here for NFL in the UK, as we've had the international series, or the first international series match at Wembley between the Miami Dolphins uh, and the Oakland Raiders with the Oakland Raiders being the home team or the official home team. So in this episode we're going to bring you a lot of the festivities from Saturday including interviews from the event at Regent Street which includes Hall of Famers such as Andre Reid, Dan Marino and just to stress in case I gave the wrong impression there, these are the interviews that were conducted by Neil Reynolds of Sky Sports on the main stage rather than me being able to get the interviews myself, um, which will happen one day. Marcus, I know you weren't actually able to get to the fan event yourself on Saturday, but have you? did you hear much about it at the game on Sunday? We managed to luckily um, have the sort of Twitter feed going on with them showing us all the pictures and, and stuff. And I mean, it looked like a good chunk of that street just completely shut down and overtaken by us NFL fanatics. Absolutely. Yeah, the whole street was closed down. And, and on the street itself, you had various things. There was like an NFL lab where they had some mini combine drills there was a qb accuracy one uh vertical leap and also a 20 yard dash that they were timing you for as well and taking down all the stats you had the uh, touchdown tour truck which also had the lombardi trophy in it so you could get your picture taken with that um the play 60 area to try and get all the kids involved as well on the day and, and promote the nfl play 60 campaign um, lots of things going on, even the Nike store up on Oxford Street, decked out completely with Raiders and Dolphins gear. Some people there as well in like the kind of full kit in Dolphins and Raiders. You got the chance to put on a Dolphins helmet or a Raiders helmet um, and have your pictures taken with them. So all in all, uh, lots going on on the day. And as I say, of course, uh, for me personally, the, the main event was the main stage where we got to hear a lot of the players speak. So we had the, some of the Raiders including Menelik Watson and uh, some of the Dolphins, including Ryan Tannehill, Brian Hartline. As I say, the Hall of Famers we had, we had Bob Greasy, Dan Marino, Andre Reid. You're going to hear them coming up in a second. And we're going to play the, the interviews that they got in full, because I'm sure, like me, your NFL fans out there, you'll find them incredibly interesting. I'm going to stop talking now and let you enjoy the content from Regent Street on Saturday. This is Adri Bullhawk Mallows coming to you live from the NFL Street Party here in London on Regent Street. Going to be a fantastic day. Got a few people with me here today. We have uh, Mark Taylor from the Garbage Pod, also known as Mark the Producer. How are you doing, sir? Not too bad, fella. How are you doing yourself? 
Yeah, not bad, thank you, not bad. Really looking forward to a great day. Um, I still can't look at you wearing that Dolphins jersey, but it's going to be a good day anyway. Tell me about it. I'm feeling a good vibe already, so uh, let's do this. Okay, also with me is young Lewis Crawley, who you may remember from last week's podcast. How are you doing, sir? I'm very good. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Very good. So this will be your first fan event here in London? Um, it'll be the first Regent Street event that I've been to, and I'm glad to be spending it with the, uh, these four guys. It should be a yeah, really good day out, chill, and uh, you know, see what we can do. Excellent. And we have our little gopher with us, uh, Carl Godfrey. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good, mate. You? Yeah, very good, thank you. Looking forward to sending you on all the various different NFL tasks today. Oh, yeah. Bring them. I'm doing Excellent. Well, let's crack on. All right, let's meet our first guest. We're ready to meet one of our NFL stars. It's one for you Dolphins fans to begin with. Uh, our first guest, he played six seasons for the Miami Dolphins. He will be calling the game for the Dolphins radio network tomorrow. Uh, and he does own a very small piece of the team's history and NFL history. Uh, please welcome former tight end, Joe Rose. Actually, we can make a game of that, trying to hit the traffic lights. See how we wow, go. look at this, man. What do you, what do you make of this, Joe? I mean, this obviously is, you, uh, hear, you hear about it in the US, but now you come and see it. You know, it, it, it's funny to see it growing and see so many people getting interested in the game in the National Football League. We're here, of course, to play the Giants in 2007. Completely different to see this and have this party and see so many people show up. You got a lot of great players going to be here today for everybody. Dan Marino is going to be here a little bit later on. It's going to be a lot of fun for everybody. And we really appreciate you coming out and being involved in our game. Hopefully that show. How many of you are going to the game tomorrow? a good game. Hopefully it's better than 0-3 team or 1-2 and team tomorrow and you guys get to see lots of scoring. Everybody likes to see scoring, right? Yeah. Nobody wants to see a 6-3 game, do you? You get those in soccer. Okay, I right, got you. We want, we want scoring tomorrow. Let's just give a, let's see where all the Dolphins fans are for Joe to see. Let's see from the Dolphins fans. So, go ahead, let me hear the Raider. I gotta hear how many Raider fans we have here. Boy, those Raider fans are everywhere. <laughs> you get Raiders and Steelers fans everywhere. Oh right? yeah, they're everywhere. They're ready to go. What was it like to play with Dan Marino? Tell us about that uh, that experience when he came along. I, uh, from day one, uh, he was my roommate when he came to the team, but from day one, uh, accurate, quick release, confident, just at it from day one. When he came to the team, we'd gone to the Super Bowl and we had lost to the Redskins a year before, so we were a little surprised. David Woodley and Don Strzok, remember those days? Yeah! Those guys were quarterbacks at the time. I really do. So we didn't quite understand why they got this guy out of Pittsburgh, you know, at the end of the first round. And the rest is history. Going on to break just about every record until the last couple of years. And I'll take you back to September 19th. 1983, the LA Coliseum against the Raiders. Yeah. Dan Marino's very first touchdown pass. Bit of trivia. Anyone know who might call that touchdown pass? Rose! Rose! I wouldn't be like? here if it wasn't me, Justin. Yeah. It's not that complicated. <laughs> the ugly guy up here. What was that like? I mean, not now, obviously, at the time, it was well, just a touchdown, but I, now. I, I got to be honest with you, at the time, I didn't know how good he was going to be. I had no idea, and the worst part about the game is forgotten. The Raiders were kicking our butt on a Monday <laughs> night game. 
I mean, every time we played, I was telling these guys, you know, we used to play the Raiders, and we had really good teams, and we went Super Bowls and stuff, but the Raiders always, they owned us, man. They owned us at the Orange Bowl, at the Coliseum. It didn't matter if it was on the infield, on the outfield. They were unbelievable. Marcus Allen, every yeah. time we played, is he here today? He is not, luckily for you. Man, <laughs> he might go for 150 yards today. Just up, I don't want that to happen. So, uh, so what happened yeah, to the football? Was, what happened to the football? Well, you know what? The football is a great question because right after the football was caught, um, we put those balls away and Marino usually got all of them because his is like, you know, first one, 100, 200, 300, 400, 900, you know, he's, he's got every football. But the first one kind of slipped through. So what had happened was, after it was done, never thought much about that football. Never thought much about it. And then collectors started coming out as he got to the records. And I got offered $50,000 by three different guys. Wow. Did you take it? I'm waiting for that. <laughs> no, no, I Good did man. not. I did not. Good man. I'd have a lot of explaining to do to my friend. So me, I, I me, didn't do that. No. Me and you need to talk eBay after this. Yeah, interview. right. Um, tomorrow's game, obviously, we look at Brian Tannehill. Some pressure building on you. Yes. How do you feel he will react tomorrow at Wembley Stadium? This is going to be a big one for him because everybody wants to know and, and see what's going to happen. He's got, he really, for, for Dolphin fans, I know we put you through hell from time to time. We really have, and I apologize. He's got the goods, and I just hope tomorrow's his day to finally put it all together with a lot of help from his receivers and the offensive line. And then the 18 defense shows up tomorrow. Hopefully that really the strength of our team's a defense. Raiders, of course, have a rookie quarterback. Who I think is going to be really good, by the way. Yeah. Raider fans, you feel pretty good about this new quarterback? Yeah, you got the goods. No, I think he's going to be really good. People are going to enjoy watching him. He, he's one of those. I, I got to interview him this week, Derek Carr. He looks like he, you know, he's 22, 23. He's going on 32, 33, which is a good sign. Yeah, no, and, and you know, he's had to put up. His brother, of course, was a first-round pick. And anytime your brother doesn't work out, everybody's, no, don't take him. That's his. But he's really, he's got the goods. He's, he's going to be a good one. That was a good pick. You guys, you guys. Uh, he's going to be a horse, man. Uh, so, do you enjoy commentating? Do you enjoy staying around the game? You're going to be at Wembley Stadium calling the game tomorrow. I, I love all this stuff. And coming over here, you know, going to Wembley, man, is big stuff. You know, I, I, we we don't take that for granted. We've got lot, lots of nice NFL stadiums. And Dallas, if you ever get a chance, you got to see what that guy Jerry Jones built in Dallas. Anybody seen that big bad boy yet? Oh, he took it. They got so car dealerships. dealerships in here right now for a 45-yarder. He looked up, he said, all I could see was a girl half naked on the Miller Lite pole coming down. That's just kickless. Man, what an experience. Just, he had no shot. No, <laughs> well, you just aimed for the girl, right? Oh, All right. Listen, who do you think's going to win tomorrow? Because you want to see it. I, I'm gonna be, I, I want to be fair. Right down the line. Yep. I think the Dolphins get this one by 10. If you see this man walking up and down Regent Street with a football under his arm today, have a little word. Please yeah. give your appreciation. Give it up for Thank John Rose. Thank you so much for more players, coaches, and some Hall of Famers up on this stage. We'll see you in a few minutes. Have we got Raiders fans in the house?
Very good. What about the Dolphins? Yeah. Dolphins are still winning. Should we bring some glamour to the proceedings? Yes! You're not supposed to nod that vigorously. You're supposed to go, well, only if you want to, Neil, if you don't want to stay on. But yeah, get off. All right, fair enough. All right, I'm going to get off. Please welcome the Oakland Raiders cheerleaders, the Raiderettes. Let's have a quick chat with some of the ladies. Uh, say hello to the London crowd, tell us your name, and maybe a prediction for tomorrow's game. Hey Raider Nation, I'm Abby, and the Raiders are obviously going to win. Go Raiders! How did I know you were going to say that? Perfect. Uh, tell us about, tell us your name, and tell us the things you've been doing in London this week. Good afternoon, London. My name is Chanel, and this week a few of us came over early, and we have been doing TV appearances, radio shows, we did a Play 60 event where we got the kids to come out and be active with us for 60 minutes and now we're here and we'll see you all tomorrow at the game. I should have given you a minute to get your breath out. <laughs> lots of dancing and lots of energy being used. Um, tell us about what it's like and how much work goes into being an NFL cheerleader. Hi London, my name is Brittany. We're so excited to be here. Um, we practice three times a week for three hours and we're always learning new dances every day Perfect. Let's go just to the back to this lady here in the back. You thought you were hiding at the back. We've got a question. Say hello to London. What do you make of this fan support for the NFL in the UK? Hey, Rare Nation. My name's Janae, and my voice is a little bit gone, so excuse me, but bear with me. Um, the crowd and just the NFL is so amazing, and the energy up here, we can really feel it. It gets us pumped up. All right, great stuff there. Uh, please, ladies and gentlemen, show your appreciation for the Raider X. and the Dolphins and bring out two gentlemen who played pretty much in the same era, two absolute legends of the game, uh, two Hall of Famers. Uh, so starting with the Miami Dolphins, uh, this gentleman played quarterback for the Dolphins. He led, them, he led them to their only perfect season in 1972. Uh, he is a member of the Hall of Fame. Please welcome Bob Greasy. Well, welcome to London. Thank you. Okay, our next Hall of Famer. Uh, I got to work with this gentleman last year. He's a, he's a lot of fun, and I think he had a lot of fun when he played in the NFL. Uh, he caught 589 passes while playing for the Oakland Raiders. He is a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Please welcome Fred Belenikoff. Fred, welcome back. Ladies and gents, I'm just going to tell a quick story, if you, if you forgive me for a moment. Last year I was very fortunate, to, we had Fred up on the fan rally uh, in Trafalgar Square, and then myself and Fred went off uh, for the evening to do a sponsor event. Fred was the guest of honour, I was hosting the event, and uh, we start the event, no Fred, we couldn't find him, 20 minutes go by, still no Fred, 30 minutes, they finally locate Fred, and the event begins. Fred, where were you? where all Raiders are in the bar. 
It was in the bar. There you go. Once a raider, right? You forgave me. Though. I did. Absolutely. You, Fred, you can do whatever you like, mate. You have the keys to the city of London. Well, welcome to London. What do you make of this this crowd up and down Regent Street? Hey, this is great. You know, this was like uh, New York City. You know, Times Square. Uh, all the people coming over here, all the shopping and all that other stuff. I'm kind of glad my wife's not here. She'd be out there shopping. <laughs> be an expensive afternoon yeah, for you. Right? Would. <laughs> Fred, we talked about some of the stories of the Raiders. If we got new fans here, I mean, people got into the Raiders because you were a bunch of colourful characters, is the way I'm going to put it. Tell us what, what it was like to play for that team. Unbelievable. I'm glad I got out alive. <laughs> But no, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy times, you know, and, you know, like Bob's team, the Dolphins and Bob playing, you know, we had a lot of success like they did. And, you know, when you have all that success, it's fun. You know, when you're winning games, you can't beat that. You know, when people say, you know, it's a learning experience. If you lose a game, it's BS. Don't believe that. You know, you, you learn things from it. But I'll tell you what, it's a heck of a lot better going to that locker room and coming out of that locker room and winning. When you got that win, what was the perception? The one thing that, the one thing that we always did had when we played the Raiders, they always had a bunch of stick them around. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. You didn't wear gloves, did you? You got to cheat. You didn't wear gloves, did you? <laughs> You know, he used his stick and he always put it on his hands, you know, and then it got on the ball. Well, then that was fine for him. But when we went back out there, and when this stick dries and it's on the ball, then the ball gets slippery. And I, the ball would be snapped, and I would drop it because there was so much stick on the ball. <laughs> we wish he dropped that many balls from the snap. Believe me, I'll tell you what, that. Listen, we had great games together. I'll yeah. tell you what, you know, they won a bunch of games. We won a bunch of games. But, you know, at that period of time, that era, with the, with all these guys like Bob and Warfield, that whole Zonka, that whole crew, I'll tell you, they're unbelie unbelievable to play against, you know. Yeah, if you if you like your NFL history, I think you guys should go away at the end of today and Google the Sea of Hands play, all right? <laughs> so it's 40 years now since the Sea of Hands play which was a famous game, playoff game, right? 1974? Yeah. I remember that in 1973, okay. I think it was, yeah. yeah. Because in 1972, we went undefeated. And then in 73, we were out in Oakland playing the Raiders, and they broke our win streak. I think right. we won 17 games in 72, and then I think we won a few more in 73. So we were like 20 games undefeated. We go out to the Raiders, and the Sea of Hands game. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Clarence, Clarence Davis, the running back, probably had the worst hands on the team. If you threw Clarence that ball 50 times, he wouldn't even come close to catching it. How the hell he got the ball, I don't have any idea. But I'll tell you what, he, thank God we had Clarence at that time and at the right time. Well, what did the rest of the NFL make of the Raiders at that time? Uh, uh, they... Renegades, uh, and, and, you know, every negative uh, connotation that you can think about. You know, the you know the Raiders. You know, they were uh, cheaters. They were uh, they were great players. They You're were tough to beat. Friend. Yeah, yeah, they were tough to beat. You know, but Al Davis, I, you know, I was a, the owner was a great guy. Kind of a renegade with you know around the league. You know, but it, I was at an All Star game one year and we were standing on the sideline and the other group was out there running plays and Zonka was one of the guys and I'm standing next to Al Davis the owner of the Raiders and uh, he was standing he and I were talking and he says to me he says 
boy, you guys run that Zonka play off tackle. He says, how do you run that play? And he's trying to get information from me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I said, oh, I don't know. I just turn around and I give him the ball. I said, you guys run that play to Blendikoff. How do you guys run that pass play? He said, oh, I don't have anything to do with that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, we were a bunch of renegades, but, you know, it's like Stabler always said, you know, we always we always traveled with our own Beatles bondmen. Okay, so if anything happened to us, we get right out of, out of trouble right now. But, you know, we're just, we're just a group of guys. Guys that were basically a lot of us underdogs, and uh, uh, we went out there. We played hard. The only thing that John Madden always asked us is just show up on time, go out there and play football. Yeah. And whatever else you do, I don't care. And, and what was coach? Coach Madden did give you some freedom, didn't his players to to do that as long as you produced. Too much. Not for us. It makes great stories. But he did give us a lot of freedom. He really did. You know that was a great thing about John. John knew how to handle personalities, and my God, we had so many personalities on that team. You know, we, we, we needed a traveling psychiatrist, believe me. Right. But, but, hey, we made it through, you know, and John, we made John a hero. You know, now look at him. Absolutely. He's on the cover of all those games. And Coach Shula, of course, no one has won more games in NFL history than Don Shula. And when I look at Coach Shula, when you guys were playing... The game, there was a running game, a power running game, and then when Dan Marino came along, he was airing it out all over the place. So he was versatile as a coach, right? Well, you know, you're exactly right. Uh, back in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, when we won, uh, we went to three Super Bowls in a row and won two. Uh, that team was really built to run the football, and the rules were a little bit different than it is today. Uh, in the 80s, when Dan Marino came along, Coach Shula saw he had, you know, lots of good wide receivers, and Dan, <laughs> Dan wanted to throw the football. So, so Coach Shula said, "Hey, let's throw that football." But in the in the early seventies, you know, we had guys like Zaka, Kick, and Mercury Morris. None of those guys could catch a, catch the football, even if I handed it to them. <laughs> a lot of the times they dropped it. But uh, no, I mean, you're right. Uh, Coach Shula would look at it and he said, hey, we got a good running team. You run the game, you run the ball, you keep the ball, like, ball away from the other team, helps our defense. In the 80s, you got Marino and all these Duper and Clayton and all these guys, throw the football. Obviously, winning Super Bowls is what it's all about. We've got the MVP of Super Bowl XI right here. Bob won back-to-back -back ones, including the perfect season. Bob, do you... Do you still pop that champagne cork every year when the last when that last undefeated team goes down? Now it got a little blown out of proportions. You know, I'm from uh, Indiana, so I have a beer uh, every now and then. But uh, I do pay attention uh, to the standings the first three or four or five weeks of the season to see just make sure that everybody's lost a game. But you know what? If somebody does go undefeated. You know, we'll be the first one to give them a call and shake their hand and say, welcome to the mountaintop. Congratulations. Absolutely. Well, they deserve to be there if they can do yeah. that in today's NFL. Yeah. Fred, what does it mean to you? Obviously, it was about winning games on Sundays. It was about those Super Bowls. But you're in a very, very special group of men in the Hall of Fame. And what a treat for us 
all here to be surrounded by these Hall of Famers. What does it mean to you to be in that class? You know what, you're all, there's only a few in there. I mean, everybody thinks there's a lot of guys in the Hall of Fame, and you finally come down to it, there's not that many guys in the Hall of Fame. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's so great to be in a select group, go back to Canton every year and see everybody. And we just have a great time. It's a great brotherhood, believe me. I'll tell you what, we get along so well. And to be able to go there and share that experience with everybody you played against, you know, you're no longer hating each other, you're loving each other now, on the same team. Time on the same team. And it's just, it's just super. It's just unbelievable being a Hall of Fame. Pretty special, Bob. Yeah, you know, I, I, I enjoy talking to the defensive guys, the defensive backs and the linebackers and all those defensive ends. And I go around and tell them, I said, I helped you get in. You know, you sacked me about 15 times. I threw you about 16 interceptions. I helped you get in here, you know what I'm saying? But it's, you know, it's great. You know, I, like I say, I'm from a small town in, in Indiana. And you, if you would have told me that I would be in Canton, Ohio one day in the Hall of Fame, I would have said, you're crazy. You're nuts. So it's just a real privilege to be there. Well, you are there, sir, and it's a real privilege for us to have you here and yourself, Fred. Uh, ladies and gents, please give it up. Fred Belenikoff and Bob Greasy. Thanks, man. It's probably time for you to get your cameras ready, because now it's time to meet one of the most successful franchises in NFL history, certainly one of the most colorful uh, and they've been one of the most entertaining over the years. They've played in five Super Bowls. They've lived in the Vince Lombardi Trophy three times. They will be your home team at Wembley Stadium tomorrow. Please welcome the Oakland Raiders. team first of all the week you've had but also when you get here and you then see all these fans it becomes real all of a sudden yeah i mean it's been a great experience for us we really enjoyed it you know we got, we got over here on uh, monday had the opportunity to spend some time at penny hill those people over there were great to us uh the people in the uk have been outstanding uh the support for uh the nfl and the open raiders has just been tremendous and when you look up and down Regent Street, seeing NFL fans taking over the, the heart of London, that must make you excited for tomorrow's game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, the NFL fans are awesome. The Oakland Raider fans, Raider Nation's the best fan base in all of, in all of professional sports. Uh, we're, we're privileged to be a part of this organization, and, and, and uh, we're excited about representing our team and this organization uh, in the game on Sunday. Now, I understand that the part, a part of Wembley Stadium is going to be transformed into the, the black hole tomorrow. Can you tell me what can I expect? Well, you can expect a raucous crowd. You can expect a, a crew that's going to come out and support their team and have a lot of fun. So um, the way I kind of look at it is the whole stadium is going to be the black hole. That's what you're hoping for, right? That home field advantage, absolutely. Uh, Coach, I'll get a couple more questions from you in a moment. Um, of course, we've got British fans up and down the centre of London uh, today on Regent Street, but we are very proud to have a British player, of course, uh, offensive tackle. Please welcome Menelik Watson. Menelik, welcome home. 
to the UK. I know London's not the home, but welcome home anyway. And tell us how special is it going to be for you to be playing an NFL game at Wembley Stadium? I mean, it's going to be special, you know, um, watching Wembley, you know, watching England play there and all the cup games and stuff. Uh, it's going to be special, especially running out with these guys, you know. Uh, you know, we got a great team. I love my teammates to death and um, just being able to run out there in front of all the home fans and all the familiar places, going to have my family in the crowd. So it's going to be a special day. And you probably dreamed as a kid, of, we all dreamed of playing at Wembley Stadium, but it wasn't NFL. We were all scoring the winning goal. You know, I was knocking one in for Liverpool last minute. You, you were... Um, but you Man City and you yeah. thought you, you would have thought you would have been playing football there, not America football. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, we all had them dreams, and I think a lot of people in the crowd can can attest to that. You know, uh, dreaming of lifting the FA Cup there, and you know, you know, one day even playing for England there. But you know, it's going to be even more special. Just it's a new sport to this country, um, and it's been around for a while. But just this type of you know publicity is is, is, is new. So you know, it's going to be incredible. I can't imagine what it's going to be like. I don't want to put you on the spot, but has a decision been made as to who's going to carry the flag out of the tunnel? I was just wondering. Come on, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we want. We want breaking news here on this stage, and I want to see it tomorrow. Uh, let's move along to Derek Carr, rookie quarterback. Derek Carr. I just saw, actually, by the way, I saw it. He was tweeting out a picture of you asleep the other day. Is that the sort? thing that linemen do for their quarterbacks? Yeah, he protects me enough already, so he did post a picture of me asleep, but which means the war is on, Oh, so he's not safe anywhere now. So, Derry, what do you make of this, this fan support here in the UK? Uh, this is amazing. Like I said, Raider Nation is everywhere. Uh, we have the best fans in the world, uh, any, any sport, and uh, I believe that. And uh, you know we see the Raider Nation, the Raider Nation flags out there and everything. So uh, I, I'm just so excited to see that you know football, uh, American football, is getting big everywhere. You know it's such a fun sport. I grew up loving it, playing it as a kid. So hopefully, you know kids will be able to do that here too. When you grew up as a kid, you probably didn't dream that your fourth NFL start would be 6,000 miles from your home stadium. No, 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 I didn't. Uh, you know, but I know how special of a place it is. You know, I've heard nothing but great things, especially from Menelik. Uh, just about how special playing on that field is. Just even walking out on the grass out there, or the pitch, you know, walking out there. Uh, I just heard just how special that is. So just to be able to, uh, you know, play not only you know an NFL game, but you know one of my first NFL games yeah. at, at a venue like that is amazing. Are you growing any confidence each week? Because I know it's a it's a process for a quarterback to go through, especially a rookie quarterback coming in. I think were you the first first time the Raiders had started a rookie quarterback on opening day, so quite a quite an achievement for you. How do you feel you're growing so far? No, it's a process, uh, like anything else. Uh, you know, my goal is just to get better every week. As long as I'm getting better every week, uh, then I'm helping this you know uh, you know this franchise go in the right direction, and that's all I'm about. Is the Raiders ultimately winning games and winning championships? So hopefully we're heading in that direction, and I, I believe we are. All right, good stuff, Derek Carr, everybody. center stage where you belong I'm sure uh, first round draft pick Khalil Mack everybody Yay! now Khalil I was lucky enough to come to Raiders mini camp in June and I you look like you're shot out of a cannon sir when you go off at the line of scrimmage I mean tell us about what you're trying to do there and how much you want to disrupt 
the opposing offense. Oh, that's the plan. Uh, come off the ball and try to make a play in the backfield. Uh, whether it's hitting the quarterback or tackling the ball in the backfield and uh, trying to make a play. And what, what does it mean to be an Oakland Raider? You know, I mentioned it when I introduced you guys. Right. Five Super Bowl appearances. It is a storied franchise and it is a rich tradition. What does it mean to, to wear the silver and black? Oh, man. Uh, you take pride in it. Uh, knowing that wearing the silver and black means uh, winning the Super Bowls and, and knowing the history and knowing the physicality that they play with, uh, you want to bring that, that that energy back to them. Every game in the NFL is important. You only have 16 of them before you get to the playoffs. How big is tomorrow's game? We want to win. Absolutely. Menelik, you taking a photo? Do you want a photo? Can everyone give Menelik a wave while he takes a photo? Is that possible? See, we are here to help you, Menelik, get a good picture. There we go. All right, let's go back to Coach just one second. Coach, like I said, everything's, a, everything's such a big game. You put so many hours work into each week in the NFL. We probably don't see that when we're watching on TV. We see you on Sunday and then you arrive the next Sunday. How big is this game? And, and what do you guys have to do to win this game? Well, listen, every game is a big game in the National right. Football League, so we understand that. I think the biggest thing that we need to do is go out, represent our organization, uh, represent the National Football League, and play, play Raider football the way it's supposed to be played. And that's tough, physical, uh, play the game with passion and energy. And uh, you know, leave it all out out there on the field, and that's where our guys have practiced all week. We fully anticipate going out and playing well on Sunday afternoon. And Khalil, do you think you'll feed off that big crowd? Because there will be a big crowd, sellout crowd there, and lots of noise. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. We're ready to feed off the crowd and um, get some great energy in Wembley Stadium. Defense because that is a that is a challenge, isn't it? They they do know how to get after the quarterback. Oh, absolutely. They're very talented. Um, you know, they get after the ball. Uh, you know, we know what we need to do on offense, and uh, you know, we're just concerned with what we what, with what we need to do. You know, we need to come out and play with great effort like we did last week, and uh, continue to grow off that. But they're very talented, and I think nothing but highly of them. What's it like blocking him in practice, by the way? Give forty-five the ball. It is. It really is. You know. Um, the you know, we've been working hard on this last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you said last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. You know, it, it is. You know, and, you know, when we got him, it was a special thing for me because coming into the offseason, you always want great work and you don't want to waste the offseason. You know, as soon as he came in, you know, he was challenging me, I was challenging him. And we were working in unison, you know. Things got physical, you know, as it does, and, you know, that's, well, that's part of it, you know, and, and, it, and it's good that we have that, you know, we can continue to do that, because we're all field players, and, you know, we want to still work with each other for, you know, a couple of years, it's going to be something special. All right. Then we got a new, you've, you've attracted news cameras, look at that, so we give them a wave? Go away! <laughs> like too much noise. Uh, let's just finish on there with Mendeley, uh, just give a, a little mention to the British fans, as you said, you've seen it, you've seen it grow, you, you're representing these guys, I guess if you're neutral out here, Menelik's now going to make the case for you to be a Raiders fan tomorrow. All right, all right, everybody. There's one thing we do at the Black Hole, all right? We need everyone to chant after me. Raiders.
do your job, but you can definitely do mine. So if you want to stay, uh, ladies and gents, they've been great sports. We hope you get behind them at Wembley Stadium tomorrow. They are your home team. Please give it up. Yeah! of Super Bowl 32 and over 150 yards and three touchdowns in that game. Uh, an incredible player in his seven seasons in the NFL. Uh, you've probably seen him on the NFL Network stuff as well. Please welcome Terrell Davis. So I don't try. Hey man, so, sometimes you have to try it. Should we throw some balls out? Do you want to? I'm going to see if I can hit that Jags balloon. Let me see if I can hit that first, and then you have a go. All right, so what am I supposed to do? Well, you've thrown them to the crowd, but we've actually got bored with that, so we're trying sort of trick shots. Andre tried one over the scoreboard, <laughs> um, but it didn't quite work. All right. obviously grown and so we're proud of that and it's good to see that you know in the UK it's become such a a, a game that people want to see they want to be able to go to the game and experience that so we're happy thank you guys for accepting us and welcoming us to the city uh, with open arms it's been I, I've had a great time here. I've yeah, had a wonderful here. time here you've been here all week covering yeah. the, covering the story for the NFL Network and Tell us what it's like to be on the NFL Network, because you you get to work with Rich Eisen, but also, I saw you worked with Elmo once. So who's better, Rich or um, Elmo? Elmo, man. You were on Sesame right? Street, right? Elmo's the man. <laughs> of course. That was my childhood dream to work, to go on Sesame Street and work with Elmo, man. Elmo's the dude, I like him. Tell us about your, your career. I mean, we know you came in as a a sixth round draft pick. I read you were the sixth string running back when you got to the Denver Broncos and then you go on that incredible run back to back Super Bowls. You were at the focal point of that but you had John Elway as well. Yeah. Special times. Well I mean for those of you who are still trying to learn the American game when you're when you come into the league you get placed on what they call a depth chart. So basically I was the sixth person that they would call on if they needed a running back. And so I had to work my way up from the bottom of the chart to becoming a starter. And it, it took a lot of hard work, but also some, some breaks that I didn't really expect to have. Yeah. And so I stayed patient, I just waited for my turn. And then when my chance came, I just had, I just capitalized on, off the opportunity. That's really what I tried to do. This is a big game for the, for the Raiders and Dolphins. There's a lot of events around it. Of course, there's a lot of events around Super Bowls. And they were a defining moment in your career. That first one against the Green Bay Packers was in, was incredible. The three touchdowns, 157 yards, and you sat out quite a bit of that game, didn't you? I did. I, the the uh, second quarter, I missed the, uh, the entire second quarter. So you're going for 200, I, right? You'd have gone for 200. Well, it, it, it doesn't matter. We won the game. So yeah, that's, exactly. That's the most important thing for me. I had migraine headaches, and that's the worst thing you can have trying to be a professional football player is having migraines. But it worked out, came back in, and helped the team win the game. 
when, when you're around the teams, obviously you, you're around training camps with, with your work with the NFL Network. Do you miss it? Do you miss playing? No. No? No. <laughs> okay, I, I play one of the most physical positions in, in American football, running back. So we get hit at least 30 to 40 times a game. And on Mondays, it's not really the best time. You don't feel your best on Monday. It's ice tubs, there's massages, there's like, you know, you have to have, you have band-aids all over your arms. Uh, but that's part of the territory. So the actual, co the competition of the game I miss. I miss playing on Sundays. But I don't miss Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. All the other stuff. All the other stuff. I miss the crowd, though. I miss the crowd. You guys do me a favor, because I haven't heard this in a long time. Just say TD real life. Keep saying TD, TD. Can you do that for me, please? TD, 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 TD. I missed that. I missed that. Yeah, I, I missed that. That's. Thank you very much, by the way. Appreciate it. And if you could all say near, no. <laughs> what about the tomorrow's game then? Because I know it's only week four, but this is a big game for both these teams because. It's not been too great so far, but things can turn around in the NFL quickly. Yes, uh, the positive is that it's uh, it would be their fourth game of the year, obviously, and they have 12 more games after this. So if the Raiders lose, we know they'll be 0-4, and, and I know my Raider fans up here, I see you guys, I see, I can see the, 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 the look of desperation, um, but it, it's not over. You still have 12 more games to win. But history would tell you that no team was gone 0-4 to start the season, has made it to the playoffs. So not good for the, for the Raiders, but the Dolphins, you guys are one and two, and you know, I see you looking happy, but uh, <laughs> one and three is not necessarily a great start either. So very important that obviously one team is going to win, but and it's not it's not all gloom and doom if you don't win. You got 12 more games, teams rally late in seasons, and they find their, their way maybe to the playoffs. Because I always say this, History is meant to be broken. So just because it's never happened before doesn't mean it can't happen. So you guys be keep stay positive no matter what happens this weekend. Well, the Steelers almost made the playoffs last year. They started 0-4. Yes. They lost yes. here at Wembley, and then but for that field goal at the end of the San Diego-Kansas City game, they're in the, there you they're go. In the playoffs, so it, can, it right. can happen. I want to ask you about running backs just as we wrap up because we hear, oh, there's no more franchise running backs. But do you think that's, that's true? But is the running game still very important in today's NFL? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the running game is it's still a critical part of the game. As much as the fans or the league wants to make it, I don't know if the league wants to, that's not, that's not the right thing. It's becoming a passing league. But teams who win the big games and who are successful on the road, they run the ball. And I don't care who you are, if you can run the ball and play good defense, you have a great chance at winning games and putting yourself into a championship position. And I'm a little biased towards running backs. I think the, I think they should run the ball 40, 50 times a game because I think that's where the, the game was founded off running the ball. The true form of football is running with the ball, getting your line in the block, and then that's how it was founded. It evolved into a passing game, but I still, I'm, I'm old school. I like the traditional football sense, and that is running the ball with a fullback, two tight ends, and let's smash mouth football. You played in the AFC West against the Raiders twice a year, so you would have played in Oakland. We're going to see the black hole take over Wembley Stadium tomorrow. What oh, can yeah. we expect? Oh man, I, I played I played in Oakland a few times, and uh, they have the most passionate fans in the world, and <laughs> they do, they do. I, I played there. I played in Miami too, but 
Oakland, we played them twice a year, and obviously one time in Oakland, once a year in Oakland. And it's just a, it's an environment that is hard to play. Right. And because they're, they're passionate about their team. And so I think you'll get the same thing here. I think you'll get it from Miami fans as well. I think it's going to be a, game, a, a tight game. It's going to be a great top contest. It's going to be able to display the American football game for the world to see how great our game has become. And these two teams are going to really put out, they're going to put out a great product, I believe, on Sunday. As, as you run out of the tunnel in Oakland, do they say, TD, good luck, have a great game today? No, they don't. No? No, no. I can't say what they no. tell me. I can't repeat those words. On. <laughs> good. The guy who was up here commentating a couple of minutes ago could. <laughs> Absolutely. So... Do, you, do they make you make predictions on the NFL Network? Should I push you for a prediction for tomorrow? I, I make predictions. We're going to make a prediction right before the game. Okay. On, on the show. So watch the NFL Network if you can get it. I don't know. Is it? The, the we, show we get it. Yeah, you can get it. They've got game, NFL Game okay. Pass. They get all the NFL yeah, Network that, programming. All right. That's when I'll make my predictions. Right before the game. <laughs> He's a part politician, but he was an excellent hey. running back in the NFL. <laughs> Please give it up, Terrell Davis. Are you ready to meet your team? All right, you better make some noise then. Please welcome the 2014 Miami Dolphins. Welcome, guys. Coach, welcome to London. Gents. Do you want to throw your ball? Do you want to throw the footballs out first? We'll see. We'll see how, we, how far we can go. How we can get them out there. Oh, All right. Does anyone want to catch a pass from this gentleman? Thought they might. <laughs> Thought you might want to. All right. Let's. Uh, Let's have a quick chat with the Miami Dolphins coach, Coach Joe Philbin, everyone. Coach, I met you. Uh, I met you in June, and we sat down and chatted. And you said, "What you like to do as a coach is put your players in exciting game day situations." Does this make you think you're going to have one of those at Wembley Stadium tomorrow? Unbelievable. I mean, we've ever since we landed yesterday morning, the people in uh, England have been incredible from the airport, the hotel. We went to park, practice at Alliance Park yesterday, went to Wembley Stadium today. Incredible venue, tremendous atmosphere. I, I don't think we could ask for a better situation. Um, what, what about the crowd? I mean, you've seen it up and down. It's, it's as far as you can look and see uh, all these British NFL fans. Here. Are you surprised? Because when you're in the States, I know the team's operating a little bit of a bubble, and here you are with all these fans right here. Well, it just shows the, the love that everybody has across the world for football, American football, and it's just uh, amazing to see everybody out here, the passion, the excitement. It's going to be a great game tomorrow night. All right, let's coach Joe Philbin, everyone. Brian, come up here. Brian Tannehill, ladies and gentlemen. What do you think? It's awesome. I had no idea that there was this many Dolphins fans in, in the UK, so I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to hear your support. Tell us about the game tomorrow. Obviously, it's only I know it's only week four, but every game in the NFL is, is big. Tell us how big this game is. 
it's a big game for us. Obviously, there's a lot of excitement being over here. Um, you know, it's not just just another week. You know, it's it's the next game for us. Uh, it's a it's a big game going into the bye week for us, and we're glad to be in in England to play it here in uh, Wembley Stadium. Does it feel like a different game now you're out here and you see all this? Well, yeah, it's a little bit different. You know, we don't normally have a uh, a fan fest before every game, so. Uh, to be able to come out, uh, feel the excitement, feel the energy of the city, uh, it adds an element of excitement to it. If you do ever have a fan rally before every game, coach, if you're looking for a volunteer to host that in Miami, I'm available on weekends, so we can, we can make that work. <laughs> yeah, and another, yeah, about 50,000 other people up and down Regent Street. Tell us about the challenge of the Raiders, because they've got, we just had Khalil Mack up on stage, exciting young pass rusher there. Yeah, he's a good player. Uh, I think uh, got to see last week of, of what the defense can do to holding the New England Patriots um, really down on the, on the offensive side of the ball. So uh, they have a good pass rush, good defense. Uh, and then you got a, a better secondary with Charles Woodson on the back end, uh, who, who's a playmaker. What does it mean to be a quarterback, not just in the NFL, but you're a quarterback for the Miami Dolphins? It's awesome. It's a, it's a dream come true. You know, it's something that, that I, I dreamed about when I was a little kid. I always wanted to grow up and play in the NFL. And to finally reach that goal, um, now I'm here. Now I just try to make the most of it. All right, that's Ryan Tannehill, ladies and gents. Let's have Brian Hartline up. Brian, come up. Welcome to London, Brian. Appreciate you having me. Oh, it's great for you to be here. And what do you, what do you think of uh, all this support? And you, I guess the game's growing here. Three games this year being played. Talk of a London franchise. Can you now see why? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's, it's not just the Dolphins fans. Why you guys are doing awesome, but you see jerseys everywhere. The NFL is growing uh, uh, pretty quick. It's definitely very uh, rampant over here. And uh, who knows? Maybe one day there'll be a team over here. Let's just have a look. Let's hear from the Dolphins fans again. I'm just trying to get that support. Pretty good. All right. So as road games go, this might not be too bad. Are you expecting a good crowd, a good support for your team tomorrow at Wembley Stadium? You know, Dolphins fans always travel well. Whether you go uh, anywhere in the U.S., you go to the U.K., I mean, it's, you guys always travel really well, so we're not overly surprised when it comes to our fans, but uh, we're looking forward to packing that stadium, making it a loud crowd, right? Making it a loud crowd. And, uh, really, you know, playing some good football. So we got a great team to play against. Uh, we're looking forward to the opportunity, and uh, all right, go Fins. There you go. Good performance from this team in, in week one. You feel confident that you're not that far away from getting back to that? Yeah, you know, we've, we did. We started off uh, pretty well uh, week one, but uh, we've hit some speed bumps. I think uh, we're still, uh, you know, getting used to, uh, you know, operating the offense at a high level and uh, no excuse. I mean, we got to get back to, uh, you know, week one performance, uh, do it every week, stay consistent and, uh, and really start putting some back to back. So uh, why not start in the UK, right? Absolutely. Any yeah. special? The Gronk Gronkowski scored a touchdown at Wembley a few years ago and did the... Uh, the, the, the soldiers outside of uh, outside of Buckingham Palace. Anything special? Uh, and I, it's spur of the moment. No, coach says the moment. <laughs> it's, it's always spur of the moment. I mean, there is the Ryder Cup right down the road. There is the Ryder Cup, yes. Hopefully we're winning. Hopefully we're winning. Absolutely. So, alright, that's Brian Hartline, ladies and gents. Alright. Let's meet a man who's made 19 tackles in the past two weeks for the Miami Dolphins, linebacker Jason Trosnick. Welcome. So here we are. You're finally here. I guess this is you don't tick the you tick the games off. You wouldn't be looking too far ahead. But how excited are you now? You are finally here in London. Hello. There you go. There we go. 
This is awesome, man. Uh, just to be out here, and uh, like these are the last two guys said, the fans that are here, uh, not only for the Dolphins, but the NFL base. And, uh, you know, we're excited just to come out here and, uh, you know, put on our best here at uh, Wembley Stadium Sunday. And the, the Raiders are going to probably have Maurice Jones-Drew back, so they're going to try and run the football. Do you, you, you relish that challenge? Do you like to be in the thick of the action there in, in the middle of the line? I mean, absolutely. You look forward to games like this, uh, especially as a linebacker. Uh, you know, they've got some great backs doing some great things on offense and uh, you know it'll be our job and our challenge this week to uh, stop the run and uh, you know force some other things. And, and players have to take their opportunity when you get into the games like you have as well. I mean do you, do you sense that and this this is your moment to shine now? Uh, yeah I mean every every game's an opportunity just be a it's an opportunity to start in the NFL uh, be a linebacker and just play in the NFL. So uh, you know each each week takes its challenges and uh, you know myself this defense and the team's up for the challenge this week, uh, you know, for, to beat the Raiders. All right, ladies and gents, that's Jason Trusnick. <laughs> now we're going to talk to a gentleman from really what's one of the strengths of this team, the Miami Dolphins defensive line. Welcome, Jared Audrick. <laughs> welcome, welcome. It's working. <laughs> um, yeah, incredible stuff to be here at last, but. How badly do you want this win? I mean, every every win is so important in the NFL. Uh, well, I mean, I had two goals coming over here to London. One was to win the football game, and two was uh, to get really good Instagram pictures. So, uh, so far, I've accomplished one of two, and I want to go home two and two really Have bad. you got your camera on you now? Have you got your camera? I have my phone, yeah. All right. Well, we did this earlier. Get, get okay. yourself ready. All right, everyone. I want you all to wave and cheer and make it look as raucous as possible. Make it look good. I, I, I'd really like more, more followers, so... <laughs> Here we go, then. Appreciate that. Thanks. There you go. Good stuff. Tell us about what it's like to play, because we're nice and safe when we watch on TV. We don't see and hear everything that goes on between the offensive and defensive line. Uh, it can get pretty physical down there, right? Yes, very physical. That's what uh, the game's all about. And uh, I mean, it's there's a few words exchanged every now and then, but uh, only friendly words. So uh, <laughs> we have a good time. We have a good time. All right. And what are you expecting tomorrow? How do, what are the keys to the game for you defensively to win it? Uh, Jason had mentioned it earlier. It's really stopping the run. Uh, when you when you make a team one dimensional, it's uh, you know it's it, it's it's detrimental to their to their offense and their offensive scheme and what they're going to try to do and really open up. So when you make a team one dimensional, it's a whole lot easier for your defense to really fly around and play fast. All right, good stuff. That's Jared Aldrich. Jared, pass that pass that mic to your coach. Just one more time, coach. Just just wrapping up and yeah, just. Tell all these neutrals why they should support the Miami Dolphins tomorrow. <laughs> well, I think it's going to be a great night over at Wembley Stadium, and we have a great group of men in our locker room, high-character individuals, and it's going to be a privilege to represent our organization in the National Football League here at Wembley Stadium tomorrow night. So everybody come out and support our team. Thank you. We've got Tom Garfunkel from the from the front office of the Miami Dolphins. Tom, it's incredible, right? It's it's incredible. On behalf of Stephen Ross, our owner, I just want to thank everybody. The uh, the hospitality has been incredible. So we just really want to thank all the fans, everybody here in London, who have just made us feel really right at home in what is uh, you know maybe the most beautiful city in the world. It's incredible. So thank you very much. We appreciate the support. And when you're back in the States and now you come here and you see it, can you see why we're playing three games here and why there's talk of potentially four games next year, a potential franchise? 
Does it become obvious when you see this? It does, yeah. We've seen jerseys from really every team, you know, throughout Regent Street here today. So all the teams are represented. It's great to see all the Dolphins fans. As Brian said, you guys travel well. And, uh, you know, I like this pep rally idea. We might have to do this in Miami before every game. <laughs> There you go. Uh, did you Thank pass you. that back there? Oh, we got, we got enough. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Some people, some people do not need an introduction. There he is. That's good. Good to see you guys. I'm glad you showed up. A fun game by Wembley Sunday and uh, looking forward to it. Glad to be here. I played in the first game in American Bowl here against the 49ers in 1987, right? And it has grown and grown since then. And it's uh, it's an incredible sight to see the fans, like Tom said, not only from, you know, the Dolphins and the Raiders, but from around the league. And it shows uh, the support that everybody over here has for the NFL. So from uh, the Dolphins, we'd like to thank you for that. Dan, just looking at quickly at your career, 17 years in the NFL with the with the same team. You re retired with every passing record in the book. You invented the 5,000-yard season before it was even invented. Thank you. Well, thank I mean, you. tell us what it is. It's a fact. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, what do you want to know? Uh, just think how incredible that was. That that time for you. But there was yeah. John Elway. There was Joe Montana. What a golden era that was. Uh, you know, yeah, I think it was a time there were some special players in the league uh, like the, you know, the 49ers, Montana, John Elway, you know, myself, uh, a lot of other players, Jim Kelly, uh, guys that earned the Hall of Fame from that draft class, and uh, it was a fun time, and the league continues to grow. I was glad to be a part of it then, and I'm sure these guys are, are very proud to be, you know, in the league and to be Miami Dolphins now, and uh, it's exciting. It's exciting for everybody. It's exciting for you guys being fans, for players to be able to go out there and perform, and and uh, just think about their dream and what they've been dreaming about since they've been little kids and now be able to perform at a high level, it's great. Obviously all the numbers were tremendous, off the charts, passing numbers, but one statistic, I guess, which would mean a lot to you, one club. Stayed with one team. Your oh yeah, that's, well, yeah. I mean, that's very uh, for me. It meant a lot to play in one, you know, one place, Miami. You know, 17 years. And you know, and it's rare. It's very rare. You know, John Elway did it. Kelly did it. You know, the thing. You look at Peyton Manning. I mean, Peyton Manning. I'm sure he would have wanted to stay in Indianapolis his, you know, whole career. Now he's going to Denver. So I feel very fortunate to be able to play for one team, 17 years in Miami Dolphins, and have great fans. Look at you. Know, Especially when you're wearing 13 jerseys. I like that. Keep wearing the 13 jerseys. There's still a lot of them out there. And you're back with the Dolphins now. What does that mean? Is that special Sorry? to you? You're back with yeah, the yeah. Dolphins. You know, I'm really proud to be back, you know, doing some things with the organization. Uh, uh, excited about the opportunity and uh, looking forward to helping any way I can. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Well, he was a legend, an absolute legend. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me. Dolphins. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we know how busy they are, and we know they've got a big game to prepare for tomorrow morning and tomorrow night against the Oakland Raiders at Wembley Stadium, so we're very grateful that they came to see us today. Please give it up for Coach Philbin and the Miami Dolphins.
Well, that wraps it up here from Bullhawks Nest at the International Series fan event here on Regent Street. Going to come back to uh, you, Carl, first. How have you found the day, sir? Oh, I found it absolutely brilliant. Uh, lots, I mean, it's blown me away. There's lots of varieties. The NFL players can stand up on stage. You know, you name it, it's good fun. Did you manage to get some videos of your favourite cheerleaders? Oh, yeah, I did. Excellent. And uh, Mr. Corley, I come to you next. Uh, what did you make of your first street party on Moody Street for the NFL? Um, yeah, man, it was uh, absolutely insane. There was a lot, loads of people here. It's good to see so many people supporting uh, what NFL is, and you know everybody's enjoying it. It was good to see all the uh, legendary Hall of Famers on stage, as well as both a few players from uh, Dolphins and uh, Raiders. But all in all, yeah, been a fantastic day. Finishing off then uh, with boss man, producer, manager of the Garbage Pod, co-host extraordinaire, producer extraordinaire, Mr. Mark Taylor. How have you found today, sir? It's been an awesome day. Being a, a Dolphins fan, been able to see three generations of Dolphins players, um, and Dan the man, Marino, just a legend. And uh, yeah, emotional oh. again. Absolutely, I was going to come on to that actually, just to say, uh, seeing Mr. Marino up there on stage, Hall of Famer that he is, being a Dolphins fan yourself, must have got quite emotional for you. Yeah, I mean, I've been following the Dolphins since I was nine, so that was uh, 1982, so it's been all the way through when, when Marino was in there, so for me it's always been Marino as a legend and a hero of mine, um, inspired me to watch the NFL and what can I say? Yeah, I guess, yeah, and just finishing off on that as well, great for me to be able to see the recently inducted Andre Reid um, and to the Hall of Fame, that is, uh, Bill's receiver, obviously playing alongside the likes of Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas. Um, great for me, great moment. And my hands were shaking when I was trying to take pictures of the guy up on stage. Um, just fantastic to be in his presence. And uh, all in all, I know we've all had a great day here, so that is uh, us from Bullhawks S signing off. Some great interviews there that happened on Saturday on the main stage. I hope you all enjoyed those as much as uh, myself, Mr. Lewis Crawley, our producer Mark Taylor, and also young Carl Godfrey of the Spartans. All enjoyed them very much listening to them live on Saturday. And we were also treated by, you know, the usual cheerleader performances and, and a drum line. We'll put those in the, the show notes as well. And also, I must mention them purely because... They messed up the sound for them on, on Saturday on the main stage and I think it was uh, it's quite harsh really because they are actually a really good group and that is, and uh, this won't be bleeped because I'm not actually swearing, the Sons of Pitches. That's Pitches, not anything else you may be thinking I'm saying right now. Uh, really great a cappella group. Again, we'll put a link to them in the show notes as well as some of their clips from YouTube. You are listening to Spitball. Hello, football fans. This is Adri Bullhawk Mallows coming to you live from Wembley Stadium for the first NFL International Series game. I'm proud to say I have everyone's favourite co host with me, Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson. How are you, buddy? I'm very good, thank you. And what are you making of the Wembley experience so far, dude? It's, it's been really good. I mean, it's always a great day out, though. Enjoying it with your dad? I'm having a great time with my dad, yes, thank you. Excellent. So, uh, who are we most looking forward to seeing today? What kind of players? What's the. Uh, who is uh, Marcus and the. Uh, 
Mind blowers. Mind blowers. Thanks, boss. Uh, Marcus, we also have our producer here with us, thankfully, so that when I mess up like that, he can quite easily correct me. Who do we think, who do we need to look out for in our Marcus and the mind-blowing plays today? I think we, we need to look out for uh, a Woodson pick six, definitely. Uh, that's definitely on the cards, I think. Uh, but then I think Lamar Miller is, is due to have a massive game replacing Moreno. I think he's going to uh, cruise over the Raider defence, maybe. you got to keep an eye for that. Isn't he in your fantasy team? Not Miller. No, I wish he was. Because <laughs> I, I think some, some big stuff's going to happen today. Raider run defence is a bit weak. I think we could see a nice 60-yard scoop down the field, I think. Oh, fair enough. Excellent. Well, as I say, we're here with the boss as well. So uh, do you have a few words for us? Well, it's a really exciting day. It's been quite intimidating actually seeing all these shirts in one place. I mean, there's a lot of shirts when you go to the, the fan rallies, but when you're actually at a game, it's a completely different feel altogether. And being as it's my first international series game, um, I'm overwhelmed. Well, let's hope it's a better result than the Dolphins' last outing at an international series game where uh, you managed to let Eli Manning bootleg in from a touchdown from about 10 yards out. So um, hopefully you won't have to go out with that sort of shenanigans today. Yeah, well, I think we, we can do it. I think we can do it. We, we're probably going to do it as long as we can keep Tannehill standing up. We'll be fine. OK, and just to add it, so uh, Marcus's dad's a Raiders fan. Mark, our producer, is a Dolphins fan. Um Join us on the show later in the week to find out how the fight went down. (laughs) Marcus, this isn't, as we've said before, your first international series. So I want to ask, firstly, how did you find this game different to all the others that you've been to? The main thing you notice on game day is uh, you get into your seat in Wembley and there's just the atmosphere. And... Um, if you're like me, I like to get about there about 45 minutes before kickoff because then you watch the players warm up and stuff and you just watch as everyone starts filling in and it just builds and builds slowly. You don't notice it at first and it just slowly builds. And because it was such big franchises, I mean really, really big franchises like Dolphins and Raiders, there was just – it wasn't really – it didn't feel like a home game. It was just such a medley, such a mash of just everyone in there and people like choosing sides of the days, all those neutral players – um, you saw a lot of Patriots and uh, Jet fans and Bills fans becoming Raider fans for the day and stuff, and all those Bronco fans cheering on Miami. So you just got this massive mix, like melting pot, and it just swirls around and it just sort of sucks you up into it. Absolutely, and I think you'll agree that the Oakland Raiders and the Miami Dolphins are probably two of the most heavily supported teams over here, going back to, of course, sort of late 70s, early 80s, when, when the NFL sort of first came over to these shores. Yeah, they, they have got that sort of British dynasty behind them where the big veteran fans that have been following it for the last 30, 40 years, they have, they've been deeply um, embedded into that sort of culture of American football, the Marinos, um, going back to the sort of the the Raiders in the Madden years. Yeah, 100%. So we'll we'll move on to the, the game itself now. And the first probably, I would like to say, maybe nearly two quarters was actually a, a really good game. And you could tell the, the atmosphere in there was really electric and, and both fans really getting into the game. Yes, it, it was because, you know, there was there was a lot going on the pitch and the, the game was, was keeping everyone involved in it. And uh, with this one, it's you're always going to have a mixture of people who go to these games where 
this is their first incarnation of just what is an American football game. Some people have been to many, like myself. There were there were Americans, two guys next to us, and they they come over. Uh, they I can't remember what part of Florida they live, but they lived near. You know, Miami is their nearest team, so they support Dolphins. They come over from Florida for the weekend. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, um, we had a, a few guys near us. So they're English guys, but one of them's got a, a house out in in Florida and and goes to sort of six seven Tampa home games a year because he's actually a Tampa fan and then has Miami as his second team and um, it's great and I like the fact that you have season tickets now for these international series games at Wembley because if I had have got a season ticket knowing that we would be next to the same sort of crowd of people that that we were for the the Dolphins Raiders game uh, just a, a great bunch of people and you kind of make, meet new people make new friends and then when you come back for the next game obviously you kind of catch up with them don't you like you would have had that last year for for both the international series games yes yes me and my dad we did have that and um because we had both games we, we we just started meeting the people in front of us so we had a um an expat american in front of us from minnesota um so he'd been over here for he's like been like 20 years but originally from minnesota so he brought all his family to sort of immerse them into into his American culture. To our left, we had a Canadian couple who lived just pretty much the other side of the border from Green Bay, so they were Packers fans. And then we had another couple near us who were from all the way up from like near Scotland on the border. So they'd really, you know, everyone was travelling down from all all parts of the world. And you know, you got to talk to these people and you're having a laugh with them and you're sort of bonding over the game. We've got the Minnesota guys in front of us, so... That was a really close game, that first game, and they were really into that. Second game, they're, they're sort of talking about it now. They're like, oh, pressure's off this game, this time, having to watch my own team. You just find that it's almost a language of its own. If you see someone in a, in an American football jersey, there's there's an instant passage of conversation there, a barrier just completely withdrawn. You can just instantly go, you're American football? I'm American football. There's just an immediate bond. And especially if you're wearing the same team shirt as well. I always find striking up com- random conversations with, with people I've never met before, but just because they're wearing a Bills jersey, I kind of play Hunt the Bills fan all the time when I go to these um, international series events. So let's get back to the, the game itself, though, because I feel otherwise I'll probably digress quite badly. Um, the first play from scrimmage was, of course, that uh, it's about a 20-yard pass from Dave, uh, sorry, from nearly got him confused with his brother there. I'm sure he won't appreciate that. Um, from Derek Carr to James Jones. And uh, it was a great catch. I'm not sure whether it may have touched the floor or not, but it still looked like a hell of a catch. Mm, I'm not sure either. Though that, that, um, I don't know how good uh, your your view of the Jumbotron was, but it, it didn't. Yeah. I think a red flag coming out there at, at that point would have been quite a good call. But yeah, it was it was a great effort. And it just immediately... Immediately on that one play, because it just stretched the field. It was, it's exactly what they needed to. First play, bang, long throw, and it just set the tone, or what we thought was going to set the tone. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't. It ended up that the Raiders, you know, after that great first play that stretched the field and got Miami on their toes, they seemed to shrink back into themselves. Yeah, like the first drive they had, they got seven points on the board, a very well-structured drive, very clean, very swift. Uh, Miami answered straight back, I believe, didn't they, with a touchdown of their own? Oh, field goal. They got a field goal first. Field goal first, sorry. Yeah, yeah field goal first. It. They managed to stop him. That was it. And but then even the... that, I mean, it should have been six, really, because, I mean, he had he had Heartline completely open. And just missed him. Yeah, not a good start. And then the beginning of the second quarter, that was it, sorry, because it was when they changed ends from first quarter to second quarter. So Miami were attacking our end in the first quarter and where there was quite a lot of Raiders fans. And then it was ironic that as soon as they switched over the second quarter, Miami ended up scoring their first touchdown 
in front of a majority of Dolphins fans, which was quite a nice touch. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was... I just don't understand what it was. I mean, it was a great game plan by Miami, and uh, they sort of understood that the best place to attack the Raiders was this really weird... It was kind of a, a sort of screen, very much loads of bubble screens and stuff like that, and, like, short run plays, short shot run plays by Miller, then set a screen, and then they always play the option, and it was almost just... We know Tannehill more, probably, as, as a, a pocket passer, I guess, but, you know, he has got some legs on him, and, and it just seems that Raiders completely forgot just to cover the course back in that instance. Yeah, I think it also doesn't help that Oakland had quite a lot of Rangers in their linebacking core. I mean, they did have Khalil Mack, but other than that, a lot of their linebackers have gone down through injury this year. So probably a a reason as to why you would use screens and things like that, just to try and engage the linebackers and actually see how good their cover is. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to say that the Miami game plan, especially through the first half, was was pretty much top-notch. I mean, they didn't have to punt in that first half at all. No, and uh, yeah, they scored scored on every drive they had. And unfortunately, that left the rest of the game quite a a tame atmosphere, really, wasn't it? Because it was 28-7 at halftime. 24-7, sorry, yeah, 24-7. Hey, Miami Dolphins coming out of the Raiders 24-7. Brilliant. Love it. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah, so unfortunately, that led to the second half being quite one-sided. Towards the end of the fourth quarter, both teams ended up bringing in their backups. Well, McGloin came in, I think, because Carr got injured, but Dolphins took out Tannehill and brought in Matt Moore, didn't they, towards the uh, beginning of the fourth quarter when they knew uh, at that point at, at 38-7 it was pretty much game over. Yeah, I mean, it's straight after the um, Cortland Finnegan uh, fumble return, it's it kind of weird because they were starting to, Raiders were starting to attack more down the field and open up them because Miami basically once they realized the Raiders weren't attacking deep they just crashed eight in the box for that second and third quarter and just went they're not even bothering to throw deep I mean the end I was in I saw pretty much what, what conceptualized this was you had just this short pass play always 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 and then you had James Jones on one play beat the single safety that was there and the court, uh, cornerback and it would have been touchdown if only they just thrown it to him and you saw on that third down, he pops his helmet off. He starts screaming at the bench. Uh, I think he, I think he took a play or two. I don't think I saw him in the the drive afterwards. Probably getting a telling off for voicing his opinions, shall we say? Yeah, quite possibly. Now we will leave the the game there, and what I'll do is I'll put some highlights to the international series game in the show notes as well, uh, or the highlights, sorry, so that you can see and what the atmosphere was like and, and some of the big plays from the game itself. Now, before we move on, just to finish off the show, Marcus, if you can describe the International Series game in one word, what would it be? Americana. Americana. Okay, yeah, nice choice of words. So with that, we move on. Who are you? I don't even know your name. What's your name? Turn around. Let me see your name. Turn around. Let me see your name. Turn around. I don't know you, bro. You're having one of those days. Hey, baby, you're having one of those days. I say that to say this. If you wouldn't have did what you would have did, then we wouldn't have been where we was at to get what we got. That just don't make no sense, dog. Marcus, put your shoe on. Put it on. Jeez. I can't face with this clothes. <laughs> I'm a teeth. I think I trim my tooth. Wish I had some goals so you can bite me some teeth. We're just going to finish off this week's show as we had quite a lot of heavy involvement with the international series. Just want to say if you want to catch up 
on the rest of the week for action then please do check out our lowdown blog which uh, will be available that will cover more of the week for action outside of the uk because as you can imagine uh, this took up a, a large part of our weekend with the fan rallies and with the game itself so in order to do justice and um, we're leaving the uh the rest of the week for action to the blog this week so we're going to finish up with a look ahead to the week five action and of course our and before we do that actually just want to mention briefly uh, as i didn't come around to it in the last gate uh, last section there that the raiders coach has now been fired what do we make of that marcus i think it's inevitable when your coaching record is eight and 28 on a team that has publicly come out and said how bad they are. It ultimately comes down to the fact that something has to be done, and I guess they're hoping that maybe another change of uh, coach might just shuffle things about. I, I mean, I'm not sure if it's just, you know, getting rid of Allen's the entire problem. There's a lot of problems, but I guess it, it shows something's being done. Fair enough. And do we think David Moyes will get this one? Because his name seems to be being banded about with every other kind of coaching jobs at the moment. So we should <laughs> throw. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he fancies changing sports. So uh, for, for those uh, listeners outside of the, the premiership, obviously that, that gag is completely redundant. And I'm going to swiftly move on to the week five action. And the other thing about being week five is it means we're officially a quarter of the way through the season already, Marcus. Can you believe it? Oh, I know. Too quick. Indeed, that's what she said. Moving swiftly on. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Week five action, Marcus. What games to start with or uh, are taking your fancy? Uh, One that I'm really keeping my ears pinned back for is uh, Arizona at Denver. Okay, yeah. Undefeated team going into probably, well, one of the best teams in the league this year. Yeah, at a tricky, tricky point taking on Denver in mile high as well. Had this possibly been out in the desert, I think I might have favoured more Arizona for this. I mean, they've got the great defence. However, I don't know if the offence is still there at a competitive level. There's some great things going on, and Stanton's doing well filling in. But I'd like to see now that, you know, the progression to see whether or not Denver is the test. If you're going to be able to beat them, could it be that Arizona are actually going to come out and win the NFC West? Well, they have beaten San Francisco, and San Francisco aren't exactly a walkover. Exactly. I, I think this is going to be this will be the, the the test to see putting it onto the road in in a hostile and, and not just fan hostile, but weather and just the fact that it is mile high and everyone seems to struggle playing at the altitude, uh, except for Denver, of course, who do it eight times a year. Indeed. Well, a game I'm looking forward to as both teams had a bit of a temperamental start to the season and that is the Houston at Dallas game in the AT&T Stadium there in uh, obviously in in Dallas. A stadium that is definitely on my to visit list every time I see it. I was watching the Texas A&M game this weekend against uh, Arkansas, wasn't it? And the stadium just looks absolutely fantastic. So I think we'll have to make sure we pay a trip there one day, buddy. Absolutely. And of course, you know, this is uh, the Texas title we're playing for here as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Who is the best team in Texas? Will it be Dallas? Will it be Houston? Will we get Romo's Apple turnovers? Or will it be Fitzpatrick that throws them more picks? Wow. 
what a decision to have to make there, Marcus. Who's going to throw the most interceptions? Fitzpatrick. Fair enough. Okay, uh, moving on then. Any other games that you're looking forward to this week, sir? One that I'm looking forward to is uh, Cleveland at Tennessee. Tennessee went actually down and actually swapped out Locker against Indianapolis uh, this weekend. Actually brought in Whitehurst. So I'd like to see how Cleveland comes into Tennessee and possibly developing that fast-paced play offense that they've, they've sort of managed to get out of Hoyer and bringing in Manziel as well. Great things they've got with West in the backfield as well. And Hawkins is, is doing great for the receiving. So I think Cleveland could come in here and really sort of try and shape themselves in. Because, of course, Pittsburgh's are flummoxing themselves. Baltimore are, are, are quite strong. They've got a nice little strong run. And Cincinnati are undefeated. So the AFC North is quite a competitive league at the moment. So I think Cleveland, if they want to try and keep up, they have to sort of dominate the teams like Tennessee who are definitely struggling at the moment. Absolutely. And I think Patine's doing a, a fantastic job there in Cleveland. And it would be great for them and their fans to get back to the, the playoffs this year. As long as they don't keep the Bills out of the playoffs, I think I'd be happy with Cleveland in the playoffs this year just because of the franchise history and, and the fact that it's been so long since they've they've been to that themselves. One I'm curious for this week is Atlanta versus New York Giants. Now, Atlanta on the road really seems to be a completely different team. I don't know what it is about the fresh air that they don't like. Uh, or maybe it's just the fact that their defence seems to be quite horrible this year. Um, but either way, um, away from home, they're really struggling. And, and New York and Eli Manning seem to be getting their act together. Yeah, well, the big thing for Atlanta was, of course, this weekend, they actually had to have a tight end come in and play guard because they've actually run out of offensive linemen. Yeah, that that's never good uh, for any team, really. You, you need your offensive line. They are the fundamental part of your team. So with that gone, it, it just seems that... You know, Matt Ryan's not given the time. The blocks don't develop in the run game. When you've got a secondary blocker who, at a tight end, though they do block, is only as a secondary part of their game. But you need some group of guys who can at least give you a chance. Because New York Giants, they've got a great rush defense. Great rush defense. And I think Giants, ultimately, you're pretty much just licking your lips right now, thinking about Atlanta coming in sort of battered and bruised before they even get to you. I think it's a chance for Giants. You know, they... They didn't have a great start, but they had have a little bit of run. They're finding form, as you say. Why not really boost the confidence in the locker room? Why not just destroy, destroy Atlanta and just, you know, that's what they'll be after. And thinking of defence, I just want to finish off on, on one game before we do our swings and then sign off for the week. One game that screams defence for me is going to be Chicago at Carolina. Now, Chicago D are managing to pull things together. I know, obviously, they've not had a great week against Green Bay, but prior to that, uh, we've talked about him a few times on the show. Kyle Fuller seems to be stepping in really well for Charles Tillman. And we know how great Carolina's defence is, led by uh, Luke Keekley. Yes, well, they both seem to have off weeks because, of course, Carolina managed to find themselves absolutely decimated by Baltimore. So I think the fact that both teams are coming off a win, uh, uh, off a loss, sorry, that they didn't really want to have. They both. That means one of these teams is going to have to slip two games on the trot back to back. So I think both teams are going to be fired up not to be the team to have to have two games back to back fall away from them. Indeed. So we'll finish off now then with our and Marcus. Who is your? this week uh, my sh- 
is actually going to go Cincinnati at New England. New England, we saw them got kind of taught a lesson, really, going out and seeing uh, Kansas City. I want to um, say I disemboweled. Think, That's the word I would use. <laughs> I mean, disemboweled, I suppose, yeah, there's a lot you can say. There's just a lot wrong and not a lot right, really. Um, Cincinnati, strong defense. They've got a positive offense. I was saying to you last week, I think Cincinnati are the most rounded team, offense, defensive, special teams, most rounded team in the league this year. Defending their undefeated uh, title going into New England, I think they can come out of that 4 0. So, therefore, I'm going to give Cincinnati a 60 40. Um, so, we're talking a 10 point game. I don't think they'll decimate New England as Kansas City did, but I think they'll have a good enough game plan and manage it right to come away with a convincing win. Yeah, fair play. And uh, I think that's a good shout on Cincinnati. And, and we have seen this year about how, how well they've been playing, especially in their division games as well. So my is actually going to be the Buffalo versus Detroit game uh, at Ford Field. And I may surprise you with the direction of the... Um, I'm actually going to go against <laughs> my team, much though it pains me, and at Ford Field, with the way the two teams are playing at the moment, I give it to Detroit. Nice and close, though. Mm. So, yeah, nice and close, I think. I think a 55-45. So we're looking at maybe a field goal or a touchdown. Detroit coming away with the victory. Just purely because I think uh, Calvin Johnson's been getting a, a bit of stick recently. And I saw that actually um, interesting stat I, I saw today was that he's only had one touchdown pass in his last seven games. Yeah, defences are starting to clue in on him. And of course, there was talk about um, Buffalo starting the backup quarterback this week as well in Detroit. I don't know if you saw, so I don't know if they're unsubstantiated rumours or not, uh, but Emmanuel's going to get... No, they're, they're not unsubstantiated. The Bills have officially announced that Kyle Orton will be starting. Ah, well, there you go. In which case, I would have to give the swing over to Detroit as well, I think. I think you could have a close game of it just because the Buffalo defence contends each week. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's about time that offence stepped up, though, because I'm getting a bit sick of Buffalo having a great defence and, and only a few spurts on offence. Like, Admittedly, I can't fault the likes of Fred Jackson um, because year in and year out, Fred Jackson just always puts in a shift. And even more so this year, when you'd think this would be getting to the point where Spiller would be taking over more, Jackson has been the much more productive back, whether it be out the backfield or even in the passing game this year. And and the, yeah. from what I saw against Houston Texans, CJ Spiller was almost getting back to his old style of running where he kept trying to bounce everything to the outside where you need to be hitting the gaps in the middle and taking those short one, two-yard gains and getting hit. Because then you know eventually when you tie down the defence, you will be able to break it for a big gain. I know we're digressing, but I think Spiller's thing this year comes from the fact that as he's returning kicks, you're looking for the outside leverage as a kick returner, looking for the gaps rather than, say, pursuing the middle where it tends to be more clustered. So I think the prompt is his commitment to the special teams is sort of, like, as you say, dragging back his potential as a running back. Yeah, and if that's the case, then put Goodwin back to receive the kicks because they don't call him Flash Goodwin for nothing. So maybe have him back there because then at least also he gets involved in the game and we know that he can re return kicks just as effectively. Yes. Yes. 
Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. Well, that's going to wrap us up then, I think, for this week. We hope you have enjoyed all of our international series content. As I say, there'll be plenty of things in the show notes for you to go through as well. Um, all in all, a great weekend for the NFL in the UK. Marcus, have you had a great weekend of it, sir? It was an amazing weekend. Excellent. So, uh, from myself, and Marcus, uh, remember... Hey guys, if you want to get a hold of Audrey or Marcus, send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com. And we are also downloadable on iTunes and our most recent shows are replayed on the 1800 online network, a link to which is at the side of the page. And so, my friends, football fans, until next time, stay safe, take care, and thanks for stopping by. (laughs) 